Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. This week has been crazy. It's been SEMA week all week here in Las Vegas, and today's Friday. Getting ready to head out to the show later on today, and it has just been an intense week. Of course, the Cascade Original and FB County buses were there on display at the top of the West Hall, and it was an unbelievable showing. There was there There is constantly crowds around these buses all day long. My goal at SEMA has been to get in, in and out of there and videotape every bug that was there, every Volkswagen that's been on display so that we can bring to you guys all the Volkswagens that were there at the SEMA show. In addition to that, I've been busy here at the house. Uh, you saw the video I posted. If you haven't, go check our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I got to get over a thousand subscribers, guys. Come on, I've got... Thousands of listeners, I need you guys to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, this way, it'll motivate me to put out some more content. I've got tons of content. I'm just a one-man show over here. Anybody out there in my listening audience is really good at video editing. I may want to do some joint venture stuff with you. Do some uh, some partnership on some video content. I've got lots of video contents from most of the podcasts that we have where I'd like to make small snippets and things like that so that we have a little YouTube content for some of those people that aren't so savvy with the podcast to bring more people from the YouTube channel over the podcast because I know my podcast listeners have access to all that stuff. So, uh, But you see that I'm working on the bus. Uh, you can tell I'm still a little congested from my week of kicking off working on the El Gato, which is the world's hairiest bus. Got it cleaned out. Thanks to my buddy Lind, I got a new hatch for the back window for it. That's going to go on. I'm going to ship him out the other hatch. Getting ready to get that thing kind of dialed in. Uh, maybe going to be selling it to somebody for a really good deal. There's a possibility that something else could happen with it. We don't know. There's lots of things up in the air right now. If it doesn't go on to much, much bigger and better things, I will be selling it for a really good value to somebody, not asking crazy money because my goal is to get somebody else into the VW hobby as should be your goal when you buy a Volkswagen. Don't sell to flippers, just sell to builders and always help your fellow builder put his car together. So that's what it's all about, get these cars back on the road. If you guys got a bus like El Gato, the bus, you'll notice that her dash is boogered up quite a bit. Well, to fix that dash, the easiest way to take care of your big, giant, nasty radio hole in your dash is to pick up a Ross Wolf dash replacement kit. It's not a dash replacement kit. It's more like a dash repair kit, right? If you don't have the skill to weld, you don't want to take the time, and you want to be able to put that dash, something to cover that big, nasty-looking hole, Ross Wolf sells a super slick product on their website, and it's a radio block-off plate. It's oversized substantially, and it fits the pattern and design of the bus dash it's super easy to install really quick it's about 80 bucks go on their website check it out i know they're sending me one for this bus so i can close up that big gaping radio hole if you got a bus uh early split bus and the dash is on jack looking go to ross wolf they got you covered they can help you get that dash looking tidy without any welding or cutting or painting you just put this block off plate in place it bolts in nice and easy and it'll cover just about any hacked up radio hole that you could have. And it actually looks pretty slick. It looks almost factory. So you guys are looking for something to church up that dash, go to rosswolf.com. Now, what you guys also might be interested to know is I actually wrote an article for VW Trends, and it's going to be coming out in the next issue of VW Trends. Uh, not the one just came out now, but the following issue after that. Make sure you support our friends at vwtrends.com and subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. vwtrendsmagazine.com, a magazine for the people and by the people. All right, so guys, get out there, support our sponsors, and make sure you support the people you hear. And if you purchase anything, I had a listener reach out to me earlier about 
a purchase that he made for one of the companies I interviewed, Adam Works. And so we're going to reach out to Adam Works and find out what's the deal. I know I've been struggling with Demon Motorsports for over a year and a half on my front suspension. It's been really kind of wearing me out. Um, and and to all of us that are out there that are enthusiasts that we put money in people's pockets so they can build us parts. And I mean, I, I've sold fuel injection. I haven't sold, but my listeners have purchased fuel injection kits and suspension components and all types of things that you've purchased from our suppliers and have had issues and re- and maybe things that haven't been taken care of. And we'll be reaching out to Adam Works to find out what's going on. I've been constantly on the phone with Demon Motorsports. It apparently seems that COVID is still happening in his neck of the woods and he can't get Delron bushings or hoses or all kinds of stuff. And it's just been a super, super huge struggle for me. I'm contemplating taking the podcast down because I don't want anybody else to buy a kit and have to wait almost two years for it. So I'm, I'm pretty frustrated by the whole experience. Um, it's just been, uh, it's just been a different, um, experience dealing with this stuff. So I can't say I'm happy about it, but, uh, for sure we're going to get to the bottom of these things. And you know, that's kind of my thing, man, is, is if, if I get you on the podcast, cause I think you had a great product or if you've got a good product, you know, I'm helping bring that, bring light to that. I get nothing out of it. My goal is to help the VW community. And when I do that, my intention is that the people that are part of this community, that they get good quality product. Most of the community is hand-built parts by people that are enthusiasts. And sometimes you guys, listen, man, if you guys are in that boat and building product, I'm no business genius, but I've been in business in my own company for over 20 years and... I've gone from a handful of guys to 150 guys. I can give you some business tips. I mean, my business advice to you is before you start selling product, make a bunch of inventory so that you don't become the guy that has a great, if you believe in your product, put your money where your mouth is, invest in making a bunch of product and then take it to market. Listen, if it's successful, great. If it's not, you still have something tangible that you can sell eventually but at least believe in yourself enough to invest in that so that you don't end up disappointing somebody like me that spends $7,000 on a suspension setup and has to wait two years for it because it's super annoying. It's delayed a project that I've had and it's been beyond frustrating. And, and you know, I know people start with good intentions and I don't mean to try to bash anybody or things like that, but you want some business advice from me? I'll tell you, be ready for business. You know, if you've got a product and or service you want to bring to the VW community, you want to come on my podcast, great. Don't come on if you can't support it. Because the bottom line is I'm here to help the community, to help the people that are building cars connect with solid people that are making parts. And if you're going to come on the podcast, be ready for some business because my listeners, you guys out there, you guys believe me because I'm a VW guy and I see a part, it's good. You know, we give it to George to give the scrutiny to it. And we look at it and we decide, you know what, this is pretty cool. Let's tell the VW world about it. Now, we're not the only game in town that tells people about stuff, but at least here you'll get the honest truth. So, you know, for me, it's it's pretty important. I personally have struggled just like you guys have, and, and I'm bummed out about the whole Adam Works situation. But like I said, you know, and that's the struggle. Everybody still has personal lives and all kinds of stuff, but I do too. And I have customers, and I can't ever call my customer. I went to prison for 60 days in Mexico and my business still had to run without me. I still had to get jobs done. And, you know, I had people that were in my organization that had to step up and do what they had to do for me. And we just had to keep moving forward. So trust me, I've been through that experience. I'm just beyond frustrated at the treatment I've been getting. 
and at the treatment some of my listeners have been getting from from some people that you know they listen to me and they say hey man bill you made it sound pretty good so we're going to reach out to this company and buy a set of these and it's not that hard guys you most of the problem that i see with people in business like this they're too scattered unfocused and unorganized and you know what you're gonna have to do Take all your personal drama, set it to the side, sit your butt down, and deliver to your customers. That's your obligation. You want to build something and sell something, do that. I listened to another podcast a while ago, and the guy was just ranting and raving about screw customers this, screw customers that, and I was beside myself, and I thought, man, how could anyone ever in business think that way? I get more upset at my employees because of how our customers are treated because my intention as a business owner is that when, my, when people come to do business with us, the expectation is they get professional quality work. Now, there's all kinds of variables that happen because in my business, I'm in the business of people. And people, as you see, can let you down sometimes. My job as a business owner is to make sure we correct everything, keep things moving forward, and get projects back on track and keep things getting completed, you know? And it's never for me to have animosity or anger towards a customer because their expectations, if they've got different expectations than what we set out to do in the beginning, then that could be my fault because I wasn't crystal clear. And maybe I talk to some of my customers as if they're stupid sometimes. And I'll say, you do know X doesn't equal Y. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Why do you keep saying that? I just want to make sure because when we're at the end of this project, I don't want you to look at me and say, I thought I was getting X when you delivered Y. So the reality is, in all businesses, to be if you want to be in business, you need to have a customer. If you don't like your customers, get out of business, okay? It's not the customer's fault. And as a business owner, you can simply just close your business or find a different customer to sell to. There's a million different ways. I'll give you some coaching on it. Email me at billletstalkdubs.com. I have no problem giving you the insight. No problem at all. Not that I'm some business genius but I've been in business and I've been through the ebbs and flows of business and I can give you the common sense part. And you might call me and say, hey, Bill, I've, I'm thinking about this business model, this, this, and this, and I'll say, okay. I remember sitting with a guy one time and he says to me, yeah, man, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna start printing T-shirts. I just got this silk screening thing, man. Is it okay if I put it up in the warehouse, Bill? The guy worked for me. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll make you some shirts for free. And the first couple of shirts he made for me, logos were backwards and whatever. I didn't care. I, I get it. The guy's trying, starting out. And I said, well, where are you at with your shirts, man? Oh, no, man, I need money to get things started. You need money? Yeah. I said, didn't you tell me you have some huge record collections worth tons and tons of money? Oh, yeah, man. I said, then why don't you sell that? Oh, I could never sell my record collection. Why? Because it's worth a ton of money. Well, don't you need money to start your business? Yeah, but I don't want to sell my record collection. So you don't believe in you. What do you mean? I said, well, if you believed in yourself, then you would sell your record collection, take that money, put it into your business because you know you're going to make money putting investing in yourself to start your business. Well, no. Well, I said, okay, then don't talk to me about business anymore because if you're not willing to sacrifice something to go into business because you've got a responsibility and obligation to yourself to do what you say. There's a million people that don't do what they say. My advice, stop saying that you're going to do things you're not going to do and just own it. Just say, I'm not going to get it done. I wanted to be in business. I thought I was going to be a parts manufacturer, but not my bag. My, I'm more comfortable working for other people. But definitely don't be in the business of taking people's money up front and not delivering any product. That is a bunch of garbage. So 
And anyway, that's the end of the rant for today. But we'll definitely be reaching out to some people, man, because I, I know that you guys trust me. And it's important to me that if you guys do business with anybody that you've heard of on the podcast and you get some sour experience, this doesn't need to be a complaint session. But by all means, man, let me know because like I said, I'll, I'll be pulling some podcasts down that may be directing business to some people because I believed in something they were doing. The problem is I don't want other people to get in this scenario. And it's unfortunate, man. And, and I really, I struggle with the fact there's reasonable and then there's unreasonable and a reasonable amount of time to wait and extend a deadline and to say, you know, I understand things happen. We'll go ahead and move forward. That conversation is completely different if I didn't pay up front. When your obligation was pay me first, that's my commitment to you that I am sold. And now when I pay 100% up front and you don't deliver, then it's all on you, all of it. So, I don't know, I'm a little torqued right now, just thinking about, <laughs> and this started with a, an email I got from a listener, from George, and he sent me, not George, my brother, but uh, another George, and I got an email, and he said he did some stuff with Atomworks, and I was kind of bummed out, because I wanted to see Atomworks kind of get on his feet and, and, and keep things moving forward. I know he was going through some personal struggles and whatnot, and I'm sympathetic to that, but guys, you always have an obligation to the place you work, to the business you, the business you own, and things to that extent, because if you didn't have those people that put money in your pocket, you would not have the lifestyle that you have. And if it's not working out for you like that, then don't be in business. So at any rate, guys, the businesses I support on here are done by guys that are into their business. We're going to get Ross Wolf on here. There was some stuff um, on with Ross Wolf that, there were, that was on Instagram about their pulleys and, and whatnot. And I know I personally have some pulleys on there. And Ross Wolf didn't bash any customers, didn't say anything. Ross Wolf did one thing. They said, we will send you another pulley. They sent another pulley. The guy wasn't happy. They said, we will refund your money. That's how you do business, okay? So we'll get Ross Wolf on here. Jason's a buddy of mine, but notwithstanding that, if he's doing bad business, I'll, I'd be straight up with you guys as well on that too. So I know Jason Jared involved in that organization and their motivation to get into that business is... Jason, Jason's been in a business much larger than a lot of the VW shops that are here. He moved on from that business, was inspired by his love for Volkswagen and his hobby, and felt that it felt like I did with this podcast that the VW community is being disserviced by people that don't understand customer service. Not when, when you're dealing in the business of products and/or services. Sometimes customers are not going to get the expectation what they want. Sometimes products get in people's hands. Things go a little sideways. Nonetheless, there's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do as a business owner, say, listen, let me make it right for you. Matter of fact, here, if you're not happy, let me do this for you. I did that not too long ago on one of our jobs. We had a customer went completely off the rails. And I knew it was less and less about, she was concerned about the execution and you know, the experience she was having. And I could tell reading the tea leaves, like, I wasn't up for the fight. So I said, you know what? Let's just refund all her money. We refunded all her money. I took a bath on it. But in some circumstances, listen to a guy who's been in business for over, over 30 years. My own company for almost coming up on 20 years. But listen to me when I tell you this. Sometimes it's worth it to cut bait and move on. It's, don't get your pride in the way. Realize you have to disassociate yourself from that and say, this is a business transaction, and this individual 
experience they want and always first look at yourself and say, is it something I did? Did I deliver the, in, the, the impression that something was going to be happen different? And from that, then you go to your next customer and you make sure that you put that as a disclaimer or as an upfront annotation or something so that you can say, madam or sir, if you look at our instructions here, if you look at the invoice that I sent you, it clearly states on that invoice these terms and conditions that are clear. It's not fine print. They're clearly listed like that. And it's because of past circumstances that I wanted to clarify these things. And my default, you always can't argue with the reason. But if you're going to be a company and you're going to make products, stand behind what you do, take it on the chin, own your bull crap like everybody should. And there are going to be customers that are not going to own their bull crap. There are going to be customers that are going to complain for no reason. Listen, it does. there's always a percentage of that but you're gonna get way more business taking care of people in the long game. And so I, I think of a business owner that fights his customer is a guy who has no long-term vision. You do not have a long-term vision for your commitment to your business. And maybe that could be one of the reasons why you're not getting things done. So at any rate guys, enough of my rant. <laughs> you guys got any problems, questions, or concerns, hit me up, bill at letstalkdubs.com. Without any further ado guys, this podcast this week, I happen to be at SEMA walking around and I've been, I, the, the corn panzers have been on me to get Prescott Phillips in the podcast booth. I get a text message yesterday from, uh, from Chuck and he says, Hey, my buddy Prescott's at the, uh, he's over there at the SEMA show. You ought to connect with him. And I said, listen, I don't even know if I can talk to a dude named Prescott. I didn't finish high school. I mean, does this guy wear an ascot? Does he drive a Bentley? Who names somebody Prescott, right? Prescott Phillips is a cool cat. He's out of Wisconsin and he does some of out of New Berlin, Wisconsin. Does a lot of the engines and transmissions out of that area for those guys. One the one of the big things is that they do drag week up there and it's so rad. Him, Richie Webb, a bunch of guys, um, a bunch of guys, Chuck Fryer, uh Damien or Donovan, and uh th- th- there's a bunch from this year there was five cars at drag week for VW. Uh, not for VW, Hot Rod Magazine does Drag Week. If you don't know about it, look it up. They've got it all over YouTube. It's pretty cool. It's a city, but it's a real, real street, right? So they do drag racing, and then you drive your car 200 miles to the next drag strip. You can't put it on a trailer. You run what you brung, and everything you need needs to either go in your car or you can pull a trailer behind your car you're, you're actually racing. So it's a really cool experience. I think you guys ought to check it out. Um, I, I'm super stoked after the podcast. Let's do it. But Prescott is a phenomenal engine builder, tranny builder. Uh, he just wrote a book that you guys can pick up. You'll hear about that in the podcast. It's called How to Rebuild Your VW Engine. And uh, it's it's he's a great guy, man. You'll, you'll, it's such a great story. And that's what this podcast is about. Getting you to know the people behind the podcast, the people behind the product and or service, or if they're, Like he wrote a book, which is super cool. And a lot of us can write a book. And this guy wrote a book. Um, I encourage you guys to check it out. Pick up a copy, especially if you're you're somewhere where there's not a lot of access around you and you want to rebuild your motor. I mean, that's what this book's about. And he's gone through that whole process. And he's thoroughly vetted through this hour and a half podcast, which is not going to be probably close to two hours because of my 20-minute intro and rant. But we'll get into it this week, guys. Without any further ado, let's get into it this Friday podcast prescott phillips the beer panzers on let's talk dubs 
probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Okay, everybody. So on today's show, uh, you guys know that this week has been SEMA. And as I've been down there, there's been VW people in town from all over the place. And it's been this wild, you know, who's who of where and there I've been running into. And today I happen to get, uh, I happen to run across a friend of a friend. And that friend is Prescott Phillips. And he's out of New Berlin, Wisconsin. And he's a VW drag racer. He's had several show cars featured over the past uh, late 80s and he's moved on to be known in the drag racing scene and now we can add author to that title and some other things but uh, I'd like I, Prescott I'd like to welcome you to the podcast good to be here so the way we start this podcast every time is the same way yep. and you've got a long storied past and you're, <laughs> you're kind of the, the the Wisconsin engine tranny guy to go yep, to in exactly. that region and we've got a connection in that that we'll talk about a little yeah. bit a little bit later yeah but the way we always start the podcast is What's your VW story, and how did you get into Volkswagens? Well, it started back when I was very young. I have two other older brothers that are much older than me, 11 years and 13 years older than I am. And they so they went to high school in the 60s, and it's really common for them to have Volkswagens in high school and doom buggies and stuff like that. And we always had a doom buggy behind the garage that didn't run and whatnot. And they always bought, like Hot VW's magazine had just started coming out you know late 60s and my brothers were like oh i'm gonna build this i'm gonna build that and they'd buy the magazines and leave the lit magazines laying around and then my older brothers went off to war and all i had left was their unfinished projects you know their their doom buggy behind the garage or their baja bug with no motor in it and, and all these magazines so then i would go through the magazines and i fantasize about building my own and what I was going, I want to build a Baja bug like my brothers and this and that. And the magazines really, especially the, the, the VW trends with the auto house yeah. catalog, catalog in the middle. Yeah. Oh, I picked out everything <laughs> on that catalog, the Baja kit, the bumpers, the exhaust, all this stuff. And, and, uh, eventually I did build a Baja bug, but that's how it got started. So, uh, before I was even 16, I owned two VWs already. Just kind of, just kind of rolled right into. Yeah, them, just bought one, them. bought one for forty dollars with no back window, and I didn't even have a driver's license. And uh, then I had a '67 convertible that somebody gave me. All I had to do is go and get it. Wow! And I stored that at my brother's house, but then my brother sold it on me, and I was so mad at him. I could have killed him. It was a '67 convertible, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" You know, well, this guy wanted to buy it, so I sold it to him. I go, "Like," and dummy me left a title in the glove box so oh so you did go get it brought it home and he sold yep. it out from and he like. sold because it, it was in his yard <laughs> oh my goodness. i could have killed him but i did paint a bunch of cars in his garage and so it he it kind of made up for it but but then uh when i was 16 right after my 16th birthday my oldest brother took me i was just we went to the newspaper through the classified ads on sunday and uh I, we went and looked at bugs you know and i had a pocket full of money and we rolled up on this 68 beetle from california it had ac had air conditioning but the air conditioning had been pulled out but it's a real clean car because it's from california and uh we pulled up on it and the lady said i don't know what to do 
the guy that test drove it uh, blew up the transmission. And I'm like, really? He was test driving it and it blew up? And I'm, I'm 16, I didn't know. And uh, my brother looks in the car and what had happened is the clutch pedal had fell forward or backwards mm-hmm. and the cable fell off the hook. That was the only thing that was wrong with it. Yeah. So uh, my brother goes, what does she want for the car? And she says, 450. And I'm like, I says, you still want 450? It's broken. She goes, well, make me an offer. And it's a super clean car. And I'm like, well, I got $300. She goes, done. It's yours. So rust-free 68 Beetle was mine. I'm 16 years old. <laughs> nice. I, was just, I was ecstatic. Yeah. Not knowing that a 68 is like the worst car to buy. It's giant headrests and it's all of not, that stuff. Like we, we can debate <laughs> we can debate the cow look thing because yeah you know, it was it was yeah no i see what you're saying when, when, uh, when you started showing up around the the vw guys like uh, oh it's a 68 huh? 68 with a huge headrests and a, and the ugly ass bumpers and it was just <laughs> you know swing axle long axle and it's like ah. but i loved it it was my high school car so was it so you got it you fixed the clutch and you just cruised it like that yeah i i slowly but surely i bought a quiet pack header for it and all the cool stuff and, and this is all in wisconsin yep yep and uh yeah, yeah and i put uh white spoke wheels on it from my buddy worked at a wheel place and he says can you order me wheels for a vw I said, yeah what are you well he bought me doom buggy wheels with this crazy offset so yeah, i had a wagon yeah, yeah the, the, that's the called the south dakota look yeah so they stuck way out past the fenders <laughs> but i didn't care i thought it was cool well, in the auto house catalog, it was like they had the the lip was flared on the fender for their yeah their little autocross yeah. bug there. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, it didn't look that cool. But you were you were like so right from the beginning, you're loving the California look. Like you yeah, see yeah, we dechromed everything all the time. Actually, and then the car I bought right after high school was actually in in VW Trends later as Agent Orange. That was a seventy. It was lowered it had four-wheel discs and and one-piece windows and a whale tail now you had four-wheel discs in 88 yeah that's a big that's yeah. a big move because you weren't really getting i, I mean it's ball I, joint car so you could yep. the front brakes is front not was a big bolt deal. and deal but the back end deal was mm-hmm. all off of 914 it had 914 calipers and 914 rotors but that was a big deal because nobody was doing. I mean, no, no, like no. You, you. I did it when 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 I did when I built my first bug. I was like, I'm doing four wheel disc brakes. Like my first bug that was a finished car was like '93, mm-hmm. and it was a '63 ragtop. And I was, I had the the one inch welded plate front spindles. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Like pushed out. everything way yeah. out. And so what I did because. I wanted everything to tuck under the tire and I liked the big tire. So I, I used 924 S phone dials for the front mm-hmm. and then 928, 16 inches in the back. Right. So yeah. I had like a staggered wheel set, but, yeah. and the rear disc brake kit was like cutting edge in ni- in the nineties, you know, yeah. like early nineties. It was, it was pretty cutting. Well, edge. it was like I had for a street guy. Like if you're driving on the street, that's oh, a big yeah. deal. And, and the thing was before that I had uh type three rear drums. Right. Right. And we just swapped it over. It's, Bolt in deal, right? Four lug, and how type three stuff, and it worked so good. It was so that thing stopped so good. And then once and you then, did the brakes, and then I did the disc brakes system. You know, you had type three um, hubs uh-huh. that you had to turn down a little bit to fit the rotor over, and I did all that monkeying around and all that. I get it all done, and I go. Ugh. This thing stopped better with the rear drums off a of type three, and I'm like, oh man. So what was the what, what and and. And I've never even tried to attempt it because I didn't do it. But what was the big 
what was the big modification that you had to do from nine? Because you would think nine fourteen, it's it's already IRS. But is the caliper bracket built into the trailing arm? Is that the difference on the nine fourteen, or, or what's the difference with? I what don't makes remember it so hard how to... the caliper bracket was, but I made my own caliper bracket and welded it right to the trailing arm. Yeah, I mean, just just kind of bolted it together, made a bracket. You know, and that was your jig because right? I was a, a I was an a, I was an apprentice uh-huh. uh, to a die maker. Right. Okay. So I had access to all equipment and stuff. So yeah, after work, I'm I'm making these caliper brackets. That's a, that's really a pretty big deal for a, a car guy to be a tool and die maker to have access to oh, yeah. all kinds of machining. Oh, I equipment. made all kinds of crazy stuff at work. Yeah. I made I made my own widened wheels. You know, we go to the junkyard and buy 15 inch, 15 by eight uh-huh. station wagon wheels. They call right, them, right, right, and a GM pattern, and we we cut out the middles. And you just drill out the welds, knock the center. No, out. we just we just cavemaned it just cut it all out with a grinder with, with, with yeah with a cut off with <clears throat> and it buzzed off all the welds and then i then i'd uh chuck up a drum in the big lathe at work and then bolt the wheel on it and then start cutting off the the rim part of a Volkswagen wheel down to the diameter of the the oh, station so it didn't wagon. matter for you you just made it fit i made it fit and i got it on there and then Jeez. and then i and then i got it a pretty snug fit and i knocked it around put an indicator on it got it running true and carefully took it off the drum that was bolted in the lathe, and it got it over by the stick welder, and just closed my eyes and stick welded to get it together. And we're going down the road with these wheels I made when I was nineteen. You know? And what's <laughs> crazy is like, and they were wide. They were eight. They were eight inch. And you do them with a po- with a, with a totally with a positive offset. Well, so we'd have just enough out. offset so they wouldn't rub on a spring plate. So with short axles and and a right size tire. And they just missed the spring plate. You could get out of all under a, f- uh, a factory fender, a rear, you know, swing axle, yeah. early, you know, early car, and uh, and uh, y- yeah. So that's where I had to like figure out the back spacing and all that good stuff. And so you go right into like tool and die making is what you start as a young, yeah, as a yeah. young. Guy. We had a local tool and die shop clo- local to my where I grew up mm-hmm. and uh, uh, utility tool, which is now defunct. And uh, we just hung out there all the time. And then a friend of mine got a job there, and he says, hey, man, you want a job here? They're looking for people to run the punch press. And I'm like, punch press? I'm like, all right. So I'm running a punch press at this place, and now they run out of stuff to run in the punch press. So you want to run this other GE medical job? And I'm like, yeah, I'll run a GE medical job on an EDM machine, right? And I, I'm good at What's it. What's an EDM machine? Electrical discharge machine. It uses electricity to remove material. Oh, okay. Uh, hardened steel. And uh, I like doing that. And then where my machine was on the other side of the window of the wall was an air conditioned part of the shop that had wire EDM and CNC equipment in it. I'm like, I gotta get my ass in that machine in, in into that part of the shop because right. it's air conditioned. <laughs> it's a thousand degrees where I'm working, and they're all in. You know, they're putting sweatshirts on and stuff. And I'm like, I I gotta learn how to run that equipment in that room. Right. And that's what I did. It's just they're so like, well, we work second shift. I'm like, if I can work in that room, I'll work any shift you want, you know. Now, were you doing it because you wanted the knowledge or you saw, if I know that machine, they'll pay me more money. And if I know well, that it's, one, they'll it's, pay me more it money. Well, it interested me. And to this day, it still fascinates me. Yeah. Uh, I run um, wire EDM machines now. So uh, these are like like a CNC yep. welder? Is that what it is? Well, no, it's the opposite of welding. Okay. Instead of adding material, it removes material. So it's like a plasma um, yeah, in a way, right. in a way, but it's, you can it's really tell you're talking to an, yeah, you are, guy. you I, are, I know you nothing. are 
close, but when you said tool and die, I went to go get a a, a, a six sided die and a, and I was gonna grab a screwdriver. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, right, I got right, a tool yeah. and die too. Yeah, well, see, in in Milwaukee area, tool and die is huge. Right. You know, it's it's very well. That used to be the hub of where everything exactly. was manufactured. Yeah, you in, had in all the, the big manufacturers, A.O. Smith, Falk, all that stuff, and you still do A.O. Smith, and they it's still a pretty big hub. Like I worked at a shop for ten years. And push my toolbox across the street to work at another shop, and I've been there for 22 years. Wow! So yeah, so I, and so it's one of those things like it's kind of what they do where you're from, and if you can be the good guy, the best guy doing it, I mean, you kind of there's a sense of pride in doing that. Oh, not to sure. Mention, you'll you'll financially well, benefit yeah. From well, it working as well. with your hands is is the best, you know accomplishing something at the end of the day yeah is, when you're is, done there's there's product the or something yeah. that you've contributed to the world yeah you're 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 yeah you've done something with your hands and, and, and it's it's made a difference and it's you're making something with your hands it's well, it's it's no different than building a house or 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 cars and yeah, i've car. often thought about that with cars right thinking to myself like you know why is there so much it's one thing to there's guys that build cars and then just sell them right and then like if you, yeah, you just toured my horrendous collection of hodgepodge well, and, and, and you've never seen my horrendous collection so <laughs> well, i know, mean there's like this thing where you where where like you've created it you've contributed to the world but you've also salvaged something from being scrapped and buried oh, in the yeah. earth yeah you know so it's like this I, I equate it to like when i when i was young and i saw the movie corvette summer and i was just like he took that car that was going to the crusher and now he's the coolest guy on the street. You know oh, what I mean? Like, Oh sure. But sure. I think, I think somewhere in my head in all car guys had something happened where you saw, like you had your brothers who you looked up to mm. and that's what they were into. And in some part of you said, I'm going to build something and they'll think I'm cool. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my oldest brother thinks I am the coolest guy on <laughs> earth. He, and we're close, me and my oldest brother. And, He's the best, and and I attribute him to all my mechanical abilities. And my father wasn't super mechanical. I mean, he he knew which end of a screwdriver to hang on to, but other than that, he wasn't super. So my oldest brother is more mechanical, but he he still didn't ever rebuild a transmission or an engine or anything like that. You know, he, he's more of a break job U joint guy, right? And um, so he really got me into it. Uh, he bought my first toolbox for me. He opened my first savings account for me. Um, all that good stuff. If, yeah. if we were working on something, he was. I was helping him even as a little kid, and he was such a hothead, and it was so great. <laughs> I mean, to see him throw wrenches across the room and start. I learned all my swear words from him. <laughs> I mean, he was. I looked up to him so much, and 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 he was. He was. He was the guy I wanted to be like. You know. Because he could fix anything. And, oh, you're a little kid. You think he can fix anything. And then right. as you get older, it's flip-flops, right? Yeah. Here I am building motors and transmissions two at a time. And, and he's like, he's blown away. All, he's, and what's he, he do for work? Is he in the tool and die business? No, too? no. He was a truck driver. He's a truck driver. I think there's, there's something... I fancy myself a jack of all trades, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. really good at anything, but I'm not scared to pick up a tool and try well, to do well, something. Well, that's a, some, somebody would mechanical skill right if you have skill you can like i designed my own house i can build a i built my own shop right you know, with two by fours i you know what do you do you buy the stuff to do it and you do it well but i but i also think for what you do specifically takes a temp, a specific type of temperament because i my here's this is my experience my history in a lathe is about it's probably 45 minutes and i <laughs> and i needed a hub for the steering wheel for my double cab mm-hmm. and i had a sprint car 
the flat sprint car aluminum steering wheel that they with the mm-hmm. holes drilled in yep. it from Joe's garage. And I needed a hub for it. And my buddy, Justin, who owns Beetle Barn, was like, just go grab an old bus steering wheel, cut the thing off, and then sure. machine down the thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, sure. Show me how to use this thing. After oh, about geez. 45 minutes on the lathe, I was like, I can't do this. This yeah. this, this requires me to uh, – I'm not a sit still. Mm-hmm. And you got to have – like to do that, you have to have the temperament. To oh, you need patience patient. and focus. And you, But you <laughs> have to be able to have delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Like me – I want to jump all the sandpaper bits, and I want to go from rough to polish. Well, that that's now. the way I am up with bodywork. You know, I want to go from thirty six <laughs> grit to six thousand grit. I mean, I I, I that all the okay, now send it with four hundred. Now send it with six hundred. Oh, and for oh, me, no, 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 no. you know, when I did that, so so when you start to get into this, when's the first time you crack into an engine? How old are you when you crack into an engine? Uh, when I had that sixty seven mm-hmm. um, convertible that my brother sold on me. I had pulled the motor out. So I still own the motor. Uh-huh. And then I bought a, I'm like, well, I'm going to see what makes this thing tick. I had taken them apart. Me and uh, one of my friends, his dad had a Volkswagen. He let us play with. He says, yeah, take it apart. Get as far as you can, whatever. And, uh, but here I am. Um, I think I was 18. And I started, I'm like, okay, I'm going to rebuild this I didn't know what it was, but it was a, you know, it was a bone stock 67, you know, 1500 single bar. And uh, so I bought a engine stand from Johnny Speed and Chrome. Right. Right on the catalog. Not knowing that they were going to rob me for shipping. Because all they did with this full-size engine stand is put a tag on it. No. And throw it on a truck. <laughs> right? The thing shows up to the house and costs like $100 to ship from California to Wisconsin. So it's a $50 engine stand. It costs you $100 to yes, ship Yes, exactly. I was all lit up. I'm a kid. And I'm like, oh, where's all my money going? So I, I put this uh, this $1,500 single relief, single port on the stand. I started taking it apart. And I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to build a hot rod motor onto this, you know. So I'm like, oh, what can I do? And I'm all scared about everything. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't really get too nutty. So I bought 87 slip-ins. Mm-hmm. And I bought a one-pin cam, you know, because that's what everybody told me to buy. Right. And I bought an $8 crank or nothing like that. I bought some rebuilt. Did you get new lifters with it or use the old lifters? I don't even remember. I might have bought new lifters. Nah. So you do the hop up on it. So it's an eighty seven one. The fifteen hundred is a Yeah, yeah, it had that eighty whatever, eighty threes in it, so it's got eighty seven. So it went from a fifteen hundred to a sixteen forty one. Right. And I bought some rebuilt dual ports. Right. From Mofoco. At the time Mofoco would have been pretty Mofoco is the biggest uh uh Volkswagen company in the in the midwest basically right they they, they I, I i've had the son who took over the business on right the roy right roy on here and and roy me and roy get along um when i and i actually worked for mofoco for a little less than two years in the early 80s um liked working there he didn't pay very good um and that's that that's that's you know right out of high school you go to tech school i went to tech school to be a tool and die maker the tool and die trade was really you know, it's very secular. It was on a downstroke. So right. I'm like, and I'm like, and then I talked to Randy. I used to go go to Mofoco to buy parts. And I'm in there. I'm like, you guys looking for anybody? He says, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going, I went to school to be a machinist or a tool die maker or something. And I'm like, well, we need guys in the machine shop. You want to work here? I'm like, hell yeah. 
Yeah, it's like a dream come true. Yeah, it's like I think this is my okay. Do what I love and get paid big bucks. Yeah, so I was building, you know, here I am. This would have been 81, so I'm, you know, I'm 19. And uh, I'm building motors for Mofoco. And we would build one motor a day. Start to finish. Start to finish. Yeah, I'm a long block, right? Right. You, you'd find a long block core, tear it all down. Oh, you would do from tear down to rebuild? Yeah, you, you would tear it down. Hot tank it like the whole? Hot, hot tank it while you're hot tanking it. You're sandblasting tin. Uh, you line bore it. You'd start measuring stuff, miking stuff. And they already had systems already ready to go. You just took the rods and threw them in a pile because we already had rebuilt rods. So somebody would take those rods later and rebuild them. Oh, me. That would be me oh. taking these shopping. <laughs> That's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. The shopping cart <laughs> full of connecting rods I was going to rebuild. Well, every machine shop's got a shopping cart, right? Oh, it, it, Mofoka had a fleet of shopping carts. And, uh, Safeway's and, driving around looking for their shopping yeah, carts. Yeah, there'd be a shopping cart full of uh, rocker shaft assemblies and, and a shopping cart full of crankshafts. And, but you went through them and you mic things and things need to be reground or whatever. You, you put that aside, but it's good to go. And you and then you went shopping in the parts. You mm-hmm. got the line bore bearings here, your rod bearings here. And so it, you really got your hands like you. Oh, it got, was a crash course. It was like you're learning to rebuild engines right now. Like yeah. I've rebuilt one. And before. and it, yeah, and, it, and they asked me, <laughs> "Have you ever rebuilt an engine?" I'm like, "Yeah, I built this 1641, and it it runs." You're hired. Yeah, and it had a it had a, a Holly, you know, a Weber two barrel progressive, progressive on it yeah. i think it was a rocket ship right and uh so yeah i'm i'm at mofoco building motors now and i and they had real cool guys working in the machine yeah. shop and he taught me a lot so this is the 80s wow. this is like the peak of oh that. this is crazy i mean he's got to be the busiest guy especially yeah. in that area right yeah. because there's so much detroit blood in that area like you drove a Volkswagen to work in Detroit. Well, that, that's you know you like know, you, that's bad news. But it, so if if you're actually specializing in something that no one else does, everyone's just fine letting you be the guy that do that well, does that, right? Well, it was huge. Mofoka was huge. They owned, uh, uh, okay, they had their own counter business. They had a machine shop. They had a service department that mainly only worked on air cooled VWs. They had a body shop. They had a uh, they had a car wash and a gas station and all really this, all on the same property. It was a hub of, but the trouble was he didn't pay me very good. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm learning a lot, but I'm not getting paid very well. Right. So I'm working there almost two years. And then I used to hang out with my buddies at the machine shop. Uh-huh. And I'm just bebopping around there on a Saturday. And my old boss that I, I quit the job from, he says, well, what are you doing now? I says, well, I'm working at this place, building motors and stuff. He says, you like it? And I go, yeah, it's okay, but they don't pay very good. And he's like, well, you want to come back to work here? And I'm like, well, I don't know. He says, well, I'll give you like a buck and a half more than you're making now. I'm like, done. Sold. Hi, man. <laughs> so I quit. And I started I started running a punch press at, at this, you know, or not. After after that, I think there was some punch press work. But then I started working there, and he liked me. And, and he said, hey, man, you want an apprenticeship? I'm like, hell yeah, I want an apprenticeship. So when you left MoFoco, was he kind of a little bit no, annoyed? No, no. Or he the, had more than enough guys that. Yeah, he wasn't. He knew. He yeah. says, well, I says, oh, I'm quitting because my old job, they offered my old job back for a buck and a half an hour more. And he's like, well, good luck to you. You, you got to take it. You got to take it. This, this, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be, you know, the guy you know, right. here at Mofoco. It's family run. So, right. Like you said, the son owns it now. Yeah. So you're never going to get to be president of the company. Sure. Thing. So he understood. And we're friends to this day. He owns Great Lakes Dragway. And uh, the, the original um, 
but the but the, the business overall over there is tapered down quite a bit from what it was yeah. in the heyday. Yeah, there's, I think there's, maybe just because the hobby is not so strong up there. Anywhere, you know, look at how many. Well, yeah, how many VW shops there were back then versus yeah. there were now. You can't. And then back in the day, I was that my side hustle was fixing Volkswagens. You know, even though I had a job, um, <clears throat> a real uh, yeah yeah, I had a real job. Uh, my side hustle was working on Volkswagens. So people that wanted to bring stuff to you or oh, I ran was I'd Mofoco run, doing big motors or their bread and butter was just stock rebuilds. No, everything. everything. So they would build whatever. Yeah, they would build whatever. You know, and how many motors do you think you built while you were there? Who? How long were you there? About about eighteen months. Oh yeah. So if you're talking about if, if I built doing, five, a week. five a week, <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, it wasn't five a week, but all the time. That's but you, but I mean, okay, built a couple hundred engines. He would say, okay, um, here's a shopping cart full of thirty four pick carburetors. Go through all of them. It's a shopping cart full of carburetors. I had rebuilt so all of them. So by the time you're done, you're really good at it. Yeah. So I'm like, and and, and, and okay, he goes, okay, now build a sixteen hundred dual port. And try every carburetor you just rebuilt on that motor. Tune it in, tweak it in. If it doesn't idle, if something's not right about it, take what you can off of it and smash it with a hammer. Because <sighs> I don't want this. It's got to go in the garbage and never show up uh, on Earth again. So he was pretty committed to doing quality stuff. He didn't oh, want, sure. He, he didn't sure. want to come back. And then, so. and then I wanted, you know, and then same thing with single parts. I'd have a whole shopping cart full of 30s, right? 30 picks and I go through all of those and most of those ran because the one had a stupid idle circuit right right, right. and uh, so I have built a single port 16 hour single port and try every single car rear on it and the ones that didn't work so I mean I, I, as far as like the shortest term of work experience you could have and the broadest range of education oh it was a crash like I said it was a crash course in <laughs> Volkswagen but I mean and it takes a certain temperament of person that would last 18 months and oh, had you not been offered your job back it, it may have been there longer right I probably would have been, or if he would have gave me a raise or said hey well I can match that kind of money but it was a great group of, group of guys it was the heyday Early 80s was a You're suit. learning from the guys that all know. Hey, yeah. don't waste your time doing this, this, and this. Do what I tell yeah, you to here's do. Here's what you do, right? Yeah. Here's here's what you said to Bridgeport, too, to, to bore for pistons and barrels and all of this stuff. So I learned on a manual Bridgeport right there. And and a boss would come by and say, oh, look at you putting case savers in at full full blast. You know, like, hell yeah. I want to get this thing done, right? right, right. I, I, I hate doing. I hate putting case savers in, but so I'm going to make it as quick as possible. You know? So, we talked a little bit. You also build transmissions. Yeah. So, yep. ha- so now you start building, <clears throat> you start building stuff and doing things on the weekend at the house and all yep. that stuff. Yeah. Well, the the transmission thing is weird. Um, because transmissions d- and engines, there's very few people uh, that do both. It's 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 terrible. <clears throat> and the only reason I got into transmissions is when I started drag racing. Right. Drag racing, Volkswagen's transmissions are the worst. Right. They are like fragile as glass. And um, so I had a friend of mine that raced VWs and he, he knew how to build drag race Volkswagen transmissions because he read the Berg manual. That's uh, it, done. Yeah, you know, with the hand-packed needle bearings and all this crap. Uh-huh. So I did everything he said and I couldn't keep a transmission. <laughs> I mean, I would blow them up right away. Really? And I didn't have any money. I'm just a kid. Right. So I'm I like, I just, I started drag racing. I think it was 90, 1990. 
and I had a sand rail with a bone stock three rib bus tranny in it. It was pretty bulletproof. And, um, so I got a taste of drag racing with that. I'm like, I like this drag racing stuff. It's pretty cool. And because uh, before then, I was just doing the show cars thing and mm-hmm. and all that, and I, you know, fixing bugs and you know my bug. Everybody knew it, so they always brought their bug to me to work on whatever. But every car show, or you know, you know, back in the day when he had uh, a Volkswagen show, it'd be everything, right? It'd be swap meet, drag racing, bikini contest, yeah. show. I mean, it was bananas. Right? Engine blow. The yeah, whole engine blow. It was. It was. Ever, yeah, the engine. Uh, take the engine out and put it back in, and, and uh, which I could tell you as a kid who couldn't afford it, did didn't build an engine and needed a new engine. I couldn't stand watching engine blow. So like, I'll well, it's it. funny that engine blow stuff. <laughs> I'll take it. The engine blow stuff was like it wouldn't blow up, right? Right. It would just it would just keep going, and they would just have to like, oh, we're gonna drain the oil now, and it'd like, still keep eh. going, and there'd be people in the crowd going wanting to buy it, right? They'd be going, that thing's bulletproof. I'll give you three hundred bucks for it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, but uh. You'd have, yeah. to, you'd have to stage the engine. The engine well, yeah. So, so timing. I didn't work at Mofoco anymore, but at their shows, when the engine blow came, we made an engine to blow up. Right. You'd leave a couple rod bolts out. And no, we'd put we'd put um, we'd put a, a crank in that was thirty under mm-hmm. with st- with standard rod bearings. Right. So it already had a built-in rod knock. Right. Right. And we put a huge oil pump in it, and so it wouldn't starve. Right. And we 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 didn't drain the oil out of it. We just made sure it had a built-in rod knock. Right. And then we put some crazy cam in it. You know, something stupid, like a C95 scat cam, right? Right. That would never end up, never lose any RPMs, right? right. And we put some, you know, put some, at least put a Holly bug spray on it or something. Right, put some, put some fuel to <laughs> put it. Put some fuel to it. And, you know, open header and everything. So the thing would sound really ratty. And it would, we weren't happy until it threw the rod off. Right. You know? And so we made sure it rod. So building transmissions, how do you, you you're breaking okay, well, them, you're I, breaking I, them I got tranny after tranny. It's right, okay. right. I start drag racing, and the <clears throat> transmissions, as everybody knows, are the weak point of Volkswagen drag racing. So I'm breaking them, breaking them, breaking them, breaking them. And I'm getting better. They're lasting longer. You know, I started making my own super, you know, I'm, I'm, a, but, I'm I mean, an apprentice. But formal education comes from, like, reading a book or borrowing a Gene Berg book. Trying, trial and error is what it is. It's but like, I mean, once you get, so from your standpoint, your methodology of thinking is like, there's the assembly of it and it just works the way it works, the way the gears go together. There's some things that you do like welding, welding the. Sure. Sure. The it's, there's some basic stuff, stuff like you that. do to everyone. Yeah. You weld the synchro ring to the sink to the. But I mean, from, from you, cause you've got a mindset of kind of how things go together. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, because of the work that you do and how right, there's right. intermittent, how there's interference fits and stuff like that and so then you start thinking when something grenades do you now take that transmission look at it and then go back to the drawing board and say okay i broke this which means yep this yeah you start you start listening to people and what they're doing and buying things and and i had actually bought i had a great big jump in real reliability when i bought a rancho Mm -hmm. uh drag drag race Mm -hmm. drag race with a spool in it and I, I told myself before I blow this thing up, I got to take this thing apart and reverse engineer it. So and that's what I did. So I ran it like the rest of the season. Once winter came, that came out. I measured everything. I checked everything. I I couldn't believe that stuff that I was wasting my time on hand packing bearings and stuff. What a waste of time! They didn't do any of that stuff. And I'm like, man, oh man. But I already knew that 
um, just from talk to people that says, what do you use for ring and pin? I'm um, using a 412. Well, you know, 388 is stronger, so you should probably be using that. This is all okay, so I change everything to a 388. You know, and you run a Super Beetle main shaft. Yeah, I run a Super Beetle main shaft. And uh, I'm making my own because I can. Right. Right? I know how to do it. So, you know, so that my first gear started lasting longer. My ring opinion started lasting longer. Then they, you know, what's the next weakest link on the case? You know, we started welding the drain plug shot, putting a gusset along the bottom. And then why are you welding the drain plug? Would it crack along the drain plug? It would crack, yeah. It would crack. It would, my crack would migrate from the drain plug hole to the bell housing? No, to the drive side. To the, oh, to the side plate, side sideways, sideways, gotcha. yeah, from, what, the, from the load of the ring and pinion. Yeah, it would it would migrate to one of the <clears throat> stud holes for the side plate. Gotcha. Okay, so then you put a gusset under that. Well, that plug shut. Okay, that's good. And then I was racing at Milan one year, and I left the line, and it was like a shotgun went off in the car. the The entire transmission split in half. The transmission end of it disconnected from the differential side of it right past the gusset holy crap and it was loud and it it instantly drained all the fluid right on the track they're so mad at me that's a quick change they call that yeah so i, yeah, I pull that out on the, <laughs> the only vw with a quick change you're in yeah so then i'm like okay my gusset needs to be bigger mm-hmm. so now my gussets go all the way from where the intermediate plate bolts on all the way to the other side just on one side of it sure and it's a giant hunk a quarter inch magnesium and it's welded all the way and i've never broke a transmission case yet since now so because the guys that i knew so i a buddy of mine jim barbeau here in town was the first guy that i kind of befriended that owned a vw shop here on a place called desert racing performance Mm -hmm. old school off-road guy so he's got to build tough transmissions oh yeah i watched him build trannies and he was he wasn't he was a get it done guy Mm mm-hmm he wasn't, he wasn't like the, the micrometer type guy, but he got it done and he knew. And I was watching him build trannies and I said, so how do you, I'm watching him build this tranny and he's just like got his hands in it. Like, like he's stuffing a turkey type thing. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself and I asked him, I said, well, you don't use any tools for any of this stuff. He says, no, nah, it's all by feel, bud. It's mm-hmm. all by feel. It kind of is. Well, that, and that's the amazing thing to me. It's like, mm-hmm. h- how in the world does that work where it's all by quote unquote feel? Cause I asked him, I said, do they make any special transmission tools or anything to set the things up? And there's a couple pieces that they make. Yeah. There's a sub- couple things you need and to, to make it easy on you. Right. Uh, pullers and, 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 you know, um, but in you your, know. in your opinion, building a transmission, if you are top both, which is easier to do. If I'm what, which is easier. If you're taught both, if you sat with me and said, Bill, I can teach anybody how to build transmission. I'm going to teach you to build transmission and an engine. Which one's going to be easier for me to do that I can do with the least amount of effort? In other words, if I've got three transmissions Mm -hmm. and I want to build one good one Mm -hmm. versus you have – because we have three engines, you can't really reuse a bunch of stuff. And most of the tranny (laughs) stuff, you reuse most of the tranny stuff. You do. Is that correct? Yeah. I I replace all the synchros, of course, Mm -hmm. with Brazilian, with with dial um, synchros. They're the best. Um I replace all the main shaft bearings just because they're old. Right. And and one out of ten transmissions is gonna have a howl due to a bad 
main chant pairing. So is that where the howl comes from? The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a main. I chant thought it bearing. was just she needs. I thought that's the light for the tranny fluid. That's what <laughs> I thought that. No, was. that's your main chant bearing singing a song. <clears throat> All so, right, I used so to you, have that as a red bug a long yeah. time ago. And 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 main chant bearings are relatively inexpensive so yeah. it's a good so I'll, they get all that but the ring and pinions are all set up to my specs depending on what it is uh now how much does that play into it like because it's huge we know from watching hot rod tv they show you always how to use a dial indicator oh, i on hate a, the tv on a, shows on a rear well yeah because they, they speed up everything they automatically get it right off the bat right, nailed it <laughs> yeah i need to shim like, the side oh no, yeah no. we need between we need, we need between four and eight thousandths of and, end but, play there but it, in all sincerity Maybe that's because with V8 manufacturing of parts, there's such a higher level of quality of fit and finish, maybe. I mean, that's a conversation I've had a bunch of times with a bunch of people. Is that the issue that we always get is like, oh, we're having bad pistons now. Oh, we're having bad axles now. We're having bad this now. Because yeah. the VW world <clears throat> is they, driven so much by cost. Oh, they, they love to blame well, I don't parts. know, and, and I don't know. You know what I mean? Or oh, I have old Swayway axles, which are better than the new ones, and I'm like, oh my god, right? They aren't like Swayway <laughs> did their low, lowered their technology. Yeah, and yeah, axles. like like they changed the mix of the metal or something. I right. don't get it. The old Swayways are are better than the new Swayways, and the MP axles are garbage. And oh my so god! So once once you start doing your trannies for drag racing. Do you now become like anybody needs a tranny? They just come see you and Prescott's oh, they, doing a tranny they, for them. No, they hate me because uh, I am. I don't build transmissions. You're not cutting corners. Well, no, I, 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 I tell them that I don't build transmissions for the money. Right. I don't need the money. Right. I do it for the fun of it. And if you come up to me and tell me when they, you need a transmission, the fun is gone. Right. So. I build transmissions for the fun of it when I have time. And I'm like you, when I have time, very rare. Right. So I had time tonight and then I decided to do a podcast in that <laughs> small fragment of time that I had said, let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast instead of just, just <laughs> instead of relaxing before my dinner appointment. Yeah. And, and, instead of doing anything but else. Th this is why my garage looks fake. Cause one day I'm going to have nothing to do. And then all this. Oh yeah. The, that's what I tell them in my spare time. <laughs> my favorite phrase is in my spare time. I'll when get got, to that in my spare time. When I've got extra time, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so so my I like building transmissions. I'm intrigued by them. I've always has been because I built so many of them mm -hmm. and every time I'm trying to make the next one better. Right. Right. And I'm finding uh ways to put them together faster. So how many transmissions have you built, do you think? Mm, I tried to figure that out the other day. I'm guessing probably about two hundred. Wow, that's a, I mean that's a for a guy who doesn't do it for a living. That's a lot of right. stinking right right now. I have thirty cores. I have a special shelving unit I made out of a lot of wood. Right, and it has thirty core transmissions, and I only build Type One stuff. So, do you build Type One from stockers to drag race trannies? I don't build any stock transmissions. I, <laughs> I gave up on stock transmissions. Why? Uh, I hate them. Why? I, it's it's there's no challenge to it. So. If you let's All, say that my base transmission uh -huh. is what they call the industry calls a pro street. Okay. Pro street meaning it's a, welded gears. Yeah. It's got welded gears. It's got a super diff. It's got a heavy duty side cover. 
It's got steel shift so forks. So for people that don't know, we're going to kind of break it down for some of the sure. people who don't know. So a super diff would be a late model differential that has four spider gears versus two. Well, it's not really a late model, but it's an aftermarket differential okay, that so has twice never, as many spider gears. The VW never came with the stock never. four gears, never. four spider gears, never. which means you have more gear surface that can handle you more double pressure. The, double the strength. Right. So you're not going to break it, right? Yeah, you double the strength. And those are all aftermarket? Yep. The four spider gears in a, in United States, I'm pretty sure. And then, so you do. And th- so that's the super diff mm-hmm. and then welded gears. Now you're, you're welding. It's third and fourth. People don't understand it. First and second don't have sinker rings. Right. Cause the, when I welded third and fourth the transmission stopped working, cause I just welded the, uh, well, I welded, <laughs> welded everything to everything. Right. But yeah. it, the, 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 where the, where the synchro ring rides is pressed onto the gear. Part. So it's a press fit. And, and that's, what's driving the car is this press fit. Okay. But when you have 40 horsepower, no big deal. No big deal. Cause you're, you're pressing with a ton and then you're never going to take it off. Yeah. 40 yeah. Horsepower. Yeah. It's never going to spin on there. You put 41 horse to it or whatever. It's game over. Yeah. It's game over. So you weld, so you make sure that that ring is worthy of being. You don't use the green Loctite. No, no. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> you use the molten metal, and uh, and you and you, yeah. I TIG weld mine. It's nice. They look good. And uh, so when you do them, the gears you're using. So you're always using an aftermarket third and fourth. No, or are no. they other year transaxle third and fourth that change the, the ratio? Depends what I'm. What I, what. It, I want to do well. Bill calls you up from your new buddy, Bill from Vegas, calls you up and is like, "Yeah, listen, Prescott, we need you to take the Ascot out for two seconds. I got to talk to just the civilian version of Prescott, and I need, I need a super street freeway flyer. So I, okay, I've so, got a twenty-two seventy-six. Yep, I want to be able to get on the freeway, yep. and I want to cruise at seventy miles an hour. Well, you would, you would get my base, um, pro street." Mm-hmm. box with an 82 fourth and the heavy duty side cover mm-hmm. makes a difference you need it for anything you're going to put some power to yes you do and you don't um a lot of the oem side covers now are pretty rotten yeah they're all just pitted and stuff they're, from water pitted, and they're bad looking they're ugly the 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 gear the i mean the bearing mm-hmm. the bearing might be loose in it which is no good so um um and they're, they're they're relatively inexpensive. Plus, it gives the person buying it, they instantly know it's not stock. Yeah, they're like, "Wow, this is beefed up," because they, they look totally different. You know, a, a, an aftermarket side cover, heavy duty side cover, it looks nothing like oh, no, the factory. Like, so they know when they're picking it up, like, "Oh, oh, this thing's got some." Something in a done previous to it. life, if I were a shady guy, that would have been my move: get a heavy duty side cover, put it on a stock tra- stock broken <laughs> transmission, and sell it yeah. as a rebuilt tranny. And yeah. there's probably people that do that. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the only thing visually looking at a transaxle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're like, oh, this thing must and, be built. And you built. and you gotta you gotta look at it that way. It's like this guy, and that's why all my transmissions are. I paint them all gray, my gray, which is MF Gray, Massey right. Ferguson, right? Massey Ferguson built tractors. Oh, really? It's a vintage tractor. But where I live, tractors are everything. Vintage right. tractors. All my neighbors have vintage tractors. Al Chalmers, Fords. Nobody's got uh, a Porsche? No. No Lamborghinis. No Lamborghini tractors. They're all, a lot of them are Al Chalmers. Yeah. But anyways, some are Massey Ferguson's. So they, um, I love that color gray. It's mm-hmm. a real deep gray. And that's the first thing. Is, oh, somebody will call me up and say, hey, man, I got one of your transmissions. I go, what color is it? He goes, well, it's flat black. It's not mine. I goes, 
does that paint scratch off real easy and it's gray underneath? You know, no, no, it's black, black. It's not mine. It's not mine. So what's funny is on the way here, uh, we were driving mm-hmm. and we started talking about transmissions. You said, is that transmission gray? Yes, it's gray. I, showed <laughs> I showed you the picture. What was, you, what, what was funny is you described it, So it, here's how funny it is for our listeners. I pick him up at the scene, Michelle. You know, I said, you know, let's just sneak by my house and we'll do a quick little podcast and I'll drop you off at your hotel. And we're driving over. And I said, you know, it's funny. I just bought a Berg five speed out of a guy in Michigan. He said, yeah, you bought it from so-and-so I built it. And I said, what? I said, and we started talking and you said, well, I'm not, if it's the one I built, the gear numbers are written on the back of the bell housing and Mm -hmm. it's gray. And the picture was gray and it had all the gear splits. And we talked about the gear. And I said, that was my handwriting. Right. And and (laughs) so what's interesting is that, you know, I think every tranny builder has something that's their sign. I put certain things in my transmissions and I'm not going to say what they are, but I can take it apart and, and I know I built it. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm the only one that I know of that does that. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not going to say what it and is. And those are some trade secrets that yep. you do. Mm-hmm. Now, if let's say you, and it's, a, and it's not life or well, death. Just it's just, it's it, just a clue that let's I just say it. if you wrote a book, let's say, <laughs> let's say if you wrote a book, uh-huh. would those tricks be in that book? Um, maybe depending maybe on what the book was about. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, 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 so it's interesting, you know, cause we're, we were, so we we're talking about the transmission and it come to find out that the transmission that I got, you built mm-hmm. and I didn't build it from scratch. It already was a five speed. So someone brought it, you said rebuild this. Well, one. my buddy, Mike had bought it mm-hmm. and he got a pretty good deal on it, but he couldn't sell it cause he didn't know what gears were in it. And I told him, I says, the only way. To find out, you gotta open it up. Just open it up and count teeth, dude. And he's like, "Okay, well, what do you charge me to take it apart and count the teeth and fix whatever is goofy in it?" And I'm like, "Well, he's a buddy of mine. We've been buddies since high school, whatever." And um, I said, "Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you." And because uh, he's trying to flip the thing, and how do you flip a, a, a five speed not knowing anything about what's right. inside of it? So I take it apart, and it's it's got some different stuff. It's high quality aftermarket stuff because because a high quality like like what what makes a high quality aftermarket stuff? Uh, well, the five speeds are all the earlier five speeds. Uh, Berg took factory main shafts and added and lengthened and them. lengthened them. That was scary, yeah, uh, to say the least. But at least he used. But he, but Berg liked to pride himself on doing everything the right way for yeah. It, well, once once metal whatever once those got more popular, he started <clears throat> having main shafts made from scratch. Right, and then you had more um, options as far as gear ratios went. So, right. which was nice, and because you're making a five speed, you don't want all the gears to be. So, is this an earlier? Is this a, a cast a, a new forged main shaft? Or oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a. Forged, one piece, yeah, one piece forged main shaft, and it's uh, a Berg transmission that I bought. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there have been a couple of five speeds on the market. There was a, there was a yeah. Mickey's or Mikey's five speed. Yeah, Mikey's five. I wanted to and, track that guy down and see whatever happened yeah, to that guy. And that, then there was another five speed. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, that was different too. I I'm not a big fan of the five speeds. I never really understood. I mean, I get it. You needed another hold gear on, between. Hold on, I'll tell you why you don't understand the five speeds. You know why? Because you're not one of us. One of us guys that was getting the scene in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Us guys, we want everything. 
We want 40 miles to the gallon. We want 300 horsepower. We want daily driver liability. Yeah. And I want to get on the freeway like it's the Autobahn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you need the five-speed. Yeah. Because I want the close ratio gear splits so I can light to light beat, you know, that but lady in her minivan. What used to kill me is it had a factory <clears throat> fourth, the factory fourth gear, which puts, that was your fifth gear now. Right. And and nobody ever put an 82 fifth gear in it. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Right. Because you got all these other gears to play with why not change that well listen my listen my tranny is still in chicago it's in chicago right now so it may may come back to see no your your box has an 82 four or fifth in it yeah i think it's i think it's a 380089 okay it doesn't okay 089 but that's fine because it's got a 388 ring but so my my bull run bus right now Mm -hmm. not the bull run bus i'm sorry the carbon cab bus that i have when i built it specifically i told my buddy i want i want to be able to cruise my bus at real world 75 miles an hour 70 to 75 so so then that that 89 fifth is probably what you need because that bus is heavy Right. So what? What? But I have an 089 in my bull run bus, and there's a distinct difference in the overall speed. And I haven't verified tire size on both buses. But that one's probably got a 412 ring and pinion. Well, the first bus that I built, the first bus that I built, I did a freeway flyer 388, oh, whatever, whatever was in the tech box and hot VWs. That's the one that I wanted, <laughs> right? And then when I built my car, so, so many people called a freeway flyer so many different Well, but things. what I'm saying is when I built my carbon cab, I told my tranny builder, John, here at RC, I said, I want the tallest fourth that I can get. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, but you can't push this thing with anything other than that type four that you have because it's not, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to yeah, die. You, you need horsepower, yeah. Which I, which was my, and I love my crew cab, just driving mm-hmm. my crew cab. I mean, I'm in fourth gear and that thing, you don't even get into fourth gear until just under 60 mile an hour. Right, right. Because, yeah. you know, it's just the way that it's geared. But I think that's – so from a young guy, me being so young, <laughs> I'm explaining to like you what, what we need for the five-speed. Because I had a five-speed. I've had five-speeds. Uh, I had it in my Type 34 gear, and I loved it. And what's so funny is I had a progressive gear change up to the, up to the big fifth gear, which was a stock fourth. But it was nice because there was no drop. Right, you know right. what I mean. Yeah, it only and you didn't have that. So it's the same. Porsche did the. I like to equate yeah. it to Porsche. Did the same thing with the turbo. The first turbo had the big, tall four speed, and then they went to a five speed. But I like it because I just think it's something cool to have. It. And it may, who knows? Maybe it's just the Berg name thing. But I really like. I really like the fifth gear, just because you can have the quicker gear splits on the lower end, yep. and then oh. to have the tall. But if I were to. <clears throat> if this tranny that you built, when we look at the gears again after the podcast, yeah. when we look at them again, I want the tallest gears I can have because I want I want to be 3,500 RPM as fast as I can go. So I'd prefer to cruise 70, 75 since I'm pushing with a big t- 2.6 liter Type 4. Yep. And I want to be in the power band so that way people are upset when the bus is rolling past them on the highway. That's, that's, it's, it's <laughs> well, only well, about hurting feelings. I think, I think the 388 with an 89, you know, fifth gear is, is right for that bus. Is there a different, is there a, is there a taller gear than that? You could put 82 in, you could put so, a 77. In. 
So a 77 uh, would be like ridiculously tall. That would ridiculous. be like land, land speed exactly. transaction. Exactly. You need some Maybe crazy horsepower or some tiny little See, tires. Or as us like kids that. from the 80s, early 90s get older, remember, we're the everything generation. We want it all. We, we're not happy with just a drag car. Well, that's why they make, you know, 10-speed transmissions now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I, because I remember the first time when my first bug was built and I thought I was building my show car I described earlier, mm-hmm. and then I had super flow heads, 2276, 48 IDAs, and a close ratio trans with Hewlin gears, third and fourth gear mm-hmm. in there, right? The str- mm-hmm. I mean, straight cut yeah, trans Straight gears. cuts, yeah, yeah. Fun stuff. And I thought I was the man, solid mounts, all stuff. <laughs> I drove it three times, and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. This is me. Yeah, like, I'm shifting gears. I mean, I'm not even up to 50 mile an hour yet, and I'm in fourth gear. And it's right, like, and you got you know, earplugs in, and oh it's just horrible. Oh, my God, it was the worst. It was the worst. Yeah. So. It, it's the process that Should you have try to doing go that through. in a drag week car. Oh yeah, yeah, thousand so, miles like that. What I, so now that <laughs> now I want to get into what what where we originally got connected was on drag week. Mm-hmm. So you have a car, that, and and so much of the VW world does not know. About it's a shame. Drag week. It's and a it, shame, and it's frustrating to me. They don't know. They don't know. Like it may be in in no way is this in any way disrespectful. They may not know who you are because of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Steve Dalton mm-hmm. is in Southern California. Yep. Yep. His car sitting there, I only saw it because Adam Wick, who builds off road racing and yep. is here, yep. is a drag racer at heart. Yep. He's watching the drag week and he's like, dude, you see the bug on drag week? I'm like, there's a bug on drag week? <laughs> and and I'm, a, I'm a multifaceted <laughs> guy. I like GMs. I like a little yep. bit of everything, yep. right? Yeah. And I'm like, get out of here. I didn't even know there's a bug on Drag Week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he hasn't done it once. He's done it three times. Mm-hmm. Drag Week is, they have real I've, street. I've finished it. <laughs> they have times. real street in the VW world, which is drive. Which I love, by the way. Which, Last weekend was amazing. Which you drive your car. 50, you drive your car. You put pump whatever. gas in it. You got. And you it got. may or may not be real. Who knows? <laughs> and there's ways you could work around that, right? There's grumblings I'm hearing, and we'll get some clarification on that because I'll get some of the guys on for the podcast. Just I hope you do. It's kind of get I, some of that clarification because I, I think that that class and that style of racing is uh, is what people really can get behind. The real the but I think the real test of that is like a drag week because drag week is not. In these four hours, you're going to prove your car's a street car. Right, right. It's to tell the for the tw- listeners the that twenty don't mile know the, the twenty mile road trip isn't cutting it. <laughs> so for people for the VW world that doesn't know about Drag Week, explain what Drag Week is. Drag Week, I think they're in their sixteenth year. It's put uh, on by Hot Rod Magazine. But yeah, it's Hot Rod Magazine. It was David Freiberger's um, uh, dream, you know, child. To take, you know, people are grumbling, like, who's got the fastest street car, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's like, well, let's find out. You're going to take your your street car and you're going to drag race it at a racetrack. Then you're going to drive that same car to another racetrack and race there the next day. Right. And then you're going to drag, you're going to drive the car you just drag raced that day to another drag strip and race it there. On Wednesday, and you're going to do the same thing on Thursday. And on a Thursday night, you're going to drive back to the track you started at and race there again. Five times, you're going to drag race the same car with no help from anybody. And that is, and and on this, and part of this on there too is 
the cars are unbelievably fast. At running oh, it's, they're it's primarily eight-cylinder cars. Yeah, yeah, it's primarily crazy. Twin turboed. Twin turbo, big blocks. I mean, talking tube chassis. Tube chassis. Anything <laughs> goes. Yeah, street legal is very, uh, it's a loose. very loose. It's like if you can get it registered in your state, it's street legal. Let's yeah, do it's, this. And it, uh, if you notice, all these these races happen in the Midwest or, or uh, if it's an East Coast race, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's North Carolina, South Carolina. You know, the, the cops really don't care um, about you know how street right. legal your car is they they think it's fun actually and uh but it's it's a real test to to uh, but you get you know it's a test to people people's ingenuity yeah. you know it's a whole different ball game when you have to think about okay i could you know you talk about gear ratios yeah well yeah i can have a super fast car if i could have all these gear well, ratios. i'm just sitting but in my head you... thinking how come you don't have a five speed there's where you need your five speed well, see, that's Case why I closed. said the, the fifth gear is the same as the stock gear. I get, I have that gear. So you have a stock for it. So d- give me the breakdown. But but one thing we're kind of glossing over on Drag Week is the cars are super fast. How do they have the classes broken down? Are they oh, by it's, time? It, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's by what you have. Okay, there's a bunch of classes. There's an unlimited class, which is like the name, unlimited. Right. These are pro pro. They don't Pro care. Drag cars they don't just... care how light the car is, how big of the motor is, mm-hmm. what you're running for fuel, how many turbos you have. They don't care. Um, so that's the unlimited class, and that's you know people. That's the big deal of the class. Those guys come to line and run a six zero or in a quarter at two hundred fifty miles an hour. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's not eighth mile guys. That's a quarter. Quarter mile, two hundred fifty miles an hour. So. Um, and drive it to the next track. And then, and then pack their crap up and drive it with to the, the next track. With the ugliest little trailer connected Yeah, with to either a little, a little trailer. Or, <laughs> exactly. And you should see this these setups. And and it's and then, okay, so you have that. And then you have like the class like uh, Richie Webb mm-hmm. or or um, those, you know, they're, they try to fit into a class. So you got turbo cars. You got small blocks with turbos, small block power adder, big block power adder. Small block naturally aspirated, big block naturally aspirated, and they have it by cubic inch. And then they have these other classes, uh, some gasser classes where it's a classic gasser uh, with an older body style. So and what class do you guys fit in? We're Me personally, which isn't by any means the only class a Volkswagen is legal for or fits into, uh, I drive in the most popular class, which is Street Eliminator. Which has no rules whatsoever, except you can't run faster than ten o in a quarter mile. So ten o is the max. Ten o is as fast. Are as they you can bracket go. style racing? No, this is not really racing. Okay. So wh- you're, you're, what is you, the goal? Is the goal the, just consistency? The goal is to completion. have the best average time for the week. It's drag week, okay. so you can race five times at five different tracks. You take your best time at each track. You average them together. Bang, bang, boom. That's your... So the closer you can get to a 10 Oh, yeah. So for the VW world, anybody that wants to come play, <laughs> the most reasonable class is the 10 naturally aspirated class. Is that what you're saying? No, no. It's anything goes. You could have a turbo, big block, whatever No, you no, want. no. But what I'm saying is like... But but in do that... Do you have to have a 10-second car to play? No, no, no. I think the slowest car they've yeah. ever had was a 22-second car. So does he have any chance to win? No. You don't win anything. There's nothing to win. So it's just, it's just. <laughs> You're more, doing it's this more, to finish it. It's more about. There's no money. There's no trophies. There's a jacket, I think, 
for the <laughs> unlimited a jacket, you know, a satin yeah. jacket on the back. It says, I'm the but fastest. It's, but it's more like if VW guys wanted to see who has the fastest street exactly. car, bring exactly. it out to that. Because it's, it's more about um, finishing. Because you can't bring a car. you can't. Your car does not go on a trailer. Nope. You have to drive your race you, car. You have to drive it track to track. You can't have any help from anybody. And what is the loop? Like like from week, from the beginning to the okay, end of the week, Okay, so, so last year, last year was kind of weird because it originally was supposed to start in Memphis. Mm-hmm. That was the host track. The host track is the Monday, Friday track. Okay. Right. The Monday and Friday. So, and that's where your trailer is and that's where you start and everything. So it was supposed to be Memphis. Memphis went out of business. They actually, they actually just went out of business, went bankrupt or whatever. Right. And so they COVID. We're just gonna say COVID. Something. So then, <laughs> everybody's answer. So Hot Rod scrambled to put together another route, and they did their their um, their easiest route ever. Um, it started and stopped in St. Louis at Gateway or whatever it's called now. Um, that was the host track. Uh, in St. Louis, and I went from St. Louis to Indianapolis at IRP on on. Um, is that the way it took? I don't remember now. But the total loop was how many miles? Um, they tried to make it about a thousand miles. So a thousand miles in a week, running yeah. your car on a tra- on a drag strip, a prepped drag strip yeah. track. And, and one of the rules is you have to run a drag tire. A drag radial, at least. At least. Anything. A drag, s- drag uh, I think it's uh has to have a uh, 300 wear. So the, pur- so the purpose of this is like, hey, so let's say your new best friend, Bill, from Las Vegas, decides mm-hmm. to bring the crew cab out there. Mm-hmm. And let's say my crew cab is going to run realistically a 1550, yeah, right? sure. My reason for going out there is just to say, hey, man, I got the fastest 1550 double cab that'll do a thousand mile loop and nail exactly. it every time on a track. Well, yeah, or, or you actually could do it. Now, what if we squeeze this thing? What do you think we can get if we <laughs> shot a NOS on there? Is it going to stay yeah. together? Yeah, <laughs> it, it could. Together? It could. I mean, it's, it's. On the last day on the last track, could I just really go for it and just hit the. That's what everybody button? does. On the last day. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. You're at the last track. Right. Your, your trailer's already there. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere after this. You could throw the, you could throw the pistons out of it. Right. And so that's what people turn up the way. Because you seem already made a plan. Because you're, what you're trying to do is lower your average, right? Right. And so you try to lower your average. Why not? You know, so, and so you, you they just kind of. So this really has become like. Listen, it's a run what you brung. Have it's, a good time, it's, week long it's, it's, experience. Unless you've experienced it, you don't or you don't realize how much fun it is. Yeah, because it's it's so stupid. Oh yeah, and it's just the dumbest thing you'll ever it's do. It's obnoxious. It's like, bro, oh, you're really gonna drive it, that car 300 miles? Like, yep. It's it's like, <laughs> and for some for some of the competitors, it's pretty easy. They're in a brand new yeah, we Dodge got a Challenger horsepower air conditioned with heat. right. Yeah, it's got it's got AC and cool seats, and and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, I guess that's fun. No, what's fun is a is a black Volkswagen on a 95 degree day, blasting on the freeway at 70 miles an hour with yeah. earphones on. Right, and you're just you haven't slept more than three or four hours. For days. And, and so Volkswagens, you really haven't seen on this. It hasn't been. And I don't I don't subscribe to Hot well, Rod, see, but well, I see haven't the- seen it as like, like I said, I've seen Steve Dalton's car on there because mm-hmm. he's 
been really consistent and really fast. Yeah, his, his car makes some serious he runs power in the tens. Yeah, and it's a nitrous and it's type a, form it is a street car. Yeah, like yeah. that it's car a, is it's put, a legit car. Yeah, and which is it's so funny because I'm over here at Garden Grove <laughs> at the thing, and I'm talking to Steve, and Steve's super low key cat, mm-hmm. like just yeah, super. laid back, and I'm just like, bro, I can't believe there's not a crowd around your car. Mm. His like car is very unassuming. All these cars around here, and what's mm-hmm. funny is he shows up to the MP Drag Day. You know, oh yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. Guys are ringing the neck, so their cars getting two fifty, three hundred horsepower. Yeah. He's like rolls up on the dyno, yeah. cracks out a 500, <laughs> 500 and change. I don't know what it was, five ninety, five thirty. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, I've known about that car for a while. I've been trying to track him down for the podcast because it's guys like that. Or I had Johnny Osmondson on the podcast. Now uh-huh. Johnny Osmondson. He runs the gray bug. It's full turbo, mm-hmm. no wheelie bars. It's pretty much a drag car that he takes, and he just runs cash days. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go to the track. He doesn't do any circuit races. He he just yep. puts it on a trailer, shows up where they're racing for money, and goes mm-hmm. for it. And and I had him on the podcast, and it's like the same thing. It's like the VW world doesn't know who these people are because the VW world is just looking in the Volkswagen magazines. Right. And right. And the real fun is really getting in that car, yeah. And and doing a thousand mile loop. And see, see, out in, out in the Midwest, and even even before, you know, out in the Midwest, we actually had a Volkswagen Midwest racing series. You know, we raced at Milan, we raced at Great Lakes Dragway, we raced at Avila, uh, a bunch of little tracks, and we had our little circuit, all Volkswagen races yeah. back in the heyday. Well, once all of them disappeared, what did I start doing? I just started bracken racing at the local racetrack right. with the V8s and all that stuff. I'm not going to stop racing just because Volkswagen racing is be, popular. Like, when, when you do that, it's the same like when I take my car to hot rod shows. I take my bus to hot rod shows. Sure. I have more fun at a hot rod show than usually I, I do at a Volkswagen show because there's not one on every corner. Right. People are really interested. And for me, it's like when this guy's done talking to me, if he goes and buys a Volkswagen, I've done my job. You know what I mean? Because it's like, because you have that. Yeah. They, everybody walks up to you and gives you their, their, like, their oh, Volkswagen man. story. What's just, and, and I'm sure in your case, they all walk up and go, what's this thing got a Porsche engine in it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. first thing that everybody yeah, says. Yeah. This thing, the wheelies. Yeah. Know, all of that. But oh, it's, God, yeah. but it, it's so, it's so enjoyable. And sometimes the VW crowd feels like they can only go to VW shows or they only go to, these particular events, but there, there's such a broad range of stuff. And, and part of my thing with the podcast is bringing it to where people get to see that there's so much more to do with your cars. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more to do and really enjoy your car. Cause why oh, sure. build a super fast car that you only take out the third Saturday of every month? Oh, I race as much as I possibly can. You know, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm at least race once a month. So what did your car, what, what's the setup on your car? The drag week car. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a car I bought. So um, you have just a specific drag. Well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. With a name like Prescott, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I have. Next to the Lamborghini. You know, one of the fleet, uh, like you, have a fleet of cars. <laughs> one of them is drag <laughs> So I think fleet is all different levels. In the VW world, everyone can have a fleet, right? So- <laughs> oh, you should. If you don't, you should. Uh, You're not doing it right. Yeah. This car is a, it's a, it's a 53 oval ragtop. Nice. On a 63 pan. And it was a drag car, and then it was a street car, and it was a drag car again. And I bought it. It had spindle mounts, uh, rear discs, you know, sandrail stuff. I think the the Neil setup, and uh, full cage, um, no engine, a drag race tranny with a spool, 
all of that. And that's how I bought it. And it was rough. Had the wrong doors on it, the wrong everything. So I bought this thing next to, for next to nothing, guy owed me some money. Yeah. So then he had, um, first I originally bought the engine out of it because he wanted me to make this car street legal. Yeah. This was a guy down in Illinois and he's kind of, he went down to Texas and bought this car and brought it back. And then his girlfriend kicked him out and his car ended up in a storage unit and he didn't pay the storage on the storage unit. And he, he's like, well, can you give me a hundred dollars? That'll get me in the storage unit just to look at it. I'm like, all right, here we go. So I go and look at the motor he pulled out. Yeah. It had six inch rods in it and IDAs and super flows. And he wanted to make this thing street legal. Like you're yeah, gonna so run that's... this on pump gas, dude. So I bought the motor for next to nothing, and then I bought the rest of the car for next to nothing. So, anyways, I bought this car. I'm like, well, what, what should we do with it? And a year before, a friend of mine, the, my actually my crew chief slash co-pilot, we had gone to Drag Week just to watch. It was at Great Lakes Dragway. And it was on a Wednesday or a Thursday. How whatever. many VWs were there? Zero, right? Nice. And I'm I, we're looking at this and like, how cool would this be to do? And blah blah blah. And it's like. And it's like, yeah, man, we should we should put something together. And then, okay, so over the next winter, this is when I acquire this car. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, dude, we're gonna build a dragway car out of this, right? Our, that's what that's the plan for it, right, right, right. And I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, but I guess so. It's like, okay, let's. So I had from like February. Mm-hmm. And drag week's usually in the middle of summer. June. No, no, end of summer. End so of it's, summer. It's always in September. They, oh really? They don't want it too hot. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can't run those hot, big cars on the road when they're oh, hot. Oh, it's the worst. So it's always in September. It's either the first or second or third week in September. It's in September, and uh, so I had from February to to say August mm-hmm. to build a car, and I just so happen to have a twenty three thirty two with uh, super flows and IDAs turnkey sitting on the floor, ready to go. So then I said, all I had to do is build trans for it. So I built pretty stout trans, uh, um, Weddell main shaft, but I wanted a sort of 3.8 and a 82 fourth and the rest of it. I don't like the gear ratio it's got right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, I know a guy sonifies me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a 240, it's a 378 two, 221. And then I put a one, uh, I think I put a one. 31 third in and I just go through those three gears in a quarter mile but the jump from 121 to 131 is horrible yeah so I'm winding the crap out of second gear so the drop to third isn't really terrible so it's a big step oh it's huge steps it it drops yeah it drops way out of the power so what so what does that car run we ran um the best we ran at drag week was 1243 and I think my average was 1270 something. What are you running for compression ratio? 10, 10 to 1. So, because you do you have to use pump gas or you can No, use, you, you can, can run, bring, you can run. You just have to bring all your fuel with <laughs> yes. you. Yes. Yes. Or sneak it in or, or buy it at the racetrack. Yeah. Meet the guy at the corner. Well, like, <laughs> well, VP, VP is one of the sponsors. And there was a big fallout because VP outbid Rocket Fuel, mm-hmm. which was the original, uh, one Sponsor. of the original sponsors. So there's a big falling out between, you know, VP, uh, you know, screwing a, a rocket out right, of the right. deal. It's, it's just a money thing. Always know? is. So, but yeah, you can either buy race fuel at every track so or run it. A, or, a 1240 car that you can drive on the freeway is not common in the VW world. 
It's not. I mean, as much as everybody says, oh, yeah, mine can. It's really not. Unless, you can. Unless you're going old school. Can old you drive school. it a thousand miles well, when it's 95 thing. degrees? You could up. put a roof rack and you could put 14 <laughs> inch wheels in the back with a really small slick, right? So yeah. you have your close ratio and then you have a tractor tire you put on when you get on the highway. We've you tried do... it. It doesn't work. Okay. I was just curious. I was just curious. I'm sure there's, I mean, and we could talk just about this for an hour, but what you know, what I really wanted the, the listeners to get a sense of is like, there's so much more to do with your Volkswagen. And and the biggest aspect of that is getting other people to get into Volkswagen. This, this, this is the drag week is the, it's perfect for like the real street yeah. class on the West coast. So you're inviting all the real oh, street guys yep. to come out and do drag week. Absolutely. Because that would be the best. They could stay at my house. Yeah, they, they don't even. They don't even have to. They don't even. You don't even have to run ten seconds. You no. could run a twelve, a thirteen, whatever. But it's more about the experience, right. the, the the driving, okay. the camaraderie. Okay, this last year mm-hmm. was a record number of VWs. We had five enter. Right. Who was there? Uh it was me, uh Donovan. He he has a turbo beetle out of Michigan. Chuck Fryer. Yeah. Um, Chuck Fryer's one's put that's put us together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we've been, me and Chuck, been friends, yeah, for a long time. Well, and, and you and know was, the Corn Panzer too, right? Well, uh, up by us, we're we're Beer Panzers, see? Right, right, right. Beer Panzers. <laughs> that's our group in you know Beer, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're Beer Panzers. Chuck's Corn Panzer because mm-hmm. that's that's Ohio, uh, right. Indiana, Illinois, but um. Uh, so Richie, Richie, Richie Webb, you, Donovan, Chuck, and and um, the dude from uh, with the Gia, Turbo Gia, Mike, Mark Lawless. No, 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 no. Um, can't remember his name right now. Super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a Nissan uh, Auto Tech at a Nissan dealer. Is he? And yeah. did everybody finish? No. How many people finished? Me and the, and the Gia. You and the Gia. Mm-hmm. And what was the Gia running for times? Oh, fast. Really? Yeah. Yeah, fast. I don't know what his average was. He was running. He was fast. I don't remember. 11, 11 I would 30s? Think, yeah, I would think the key would be a Gia, would be a, a turbo it, on that. Yeah. Because he had, turbo, he turbo had, really, you can dial it back and just cruise yeah, it on the highway. Right. Low and boost, low compression. Boost it. And cause especially if you got methanol injection, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm already planning on oh, showing up for this thing yeah, yeah. somehow, sh- some sh- way. But I want to do it in a bus because yeah. there's nothing more legendary and there's never been a bus than a bus. There's doing never it, been right? a bus there. You know, there's never been a bus. Yeah. So uh, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, it's, I'm excited. I'm 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 really I'm I'm not even kidding. I, I've got to figure out a way that this is going to happen. It would be cool, especially to do it in a bus with a type four. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. They said, why do you want to do it in a type four? I said, because no one else is doing it. There's a reason no one else is doing it. I said, I don't care. <laughs> I'm stubborn. I just want it to be done that way. But I think. It would be such a good time, and especially to do it in a crew cab because you've got the bed to haul your crap. You, I mean, there's nothing more deluxe than doing it in a bus because you've got. You would. All the it would. It would be everything. very good in a bus because you wouldn't have to rent a hotel room so much, and you'd yeah. have all the room for your stuff. Because right now, I don't. I don't have a roof rack. I don't have a trailer, mm-hmm. but I don't change tires either. I run yeah. drag radials, and just deal with it. We carry a spare, and that's it. So all we throw in the back <clears> is <throat> tools, spare parts, and our luggage. And I think. And I think really. The, you know the the key with this would be don't break the car off the line like do soft launches until you get to the last day yeah right and then you just go for just yeah. go the hail mary but it's 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 a testament like in my case 
I build my own motors. I build my own transmissions. I, I drive the car. I rent in a car. I know everything about the car, which yeah. you kind of have to know. Yeah. You, you got to fix yourself on like this last this last year, my electric fuel pump puked on the freeway. And I'm running. It was running a stupid. You didn't have a backup one screwed right next to the other one. You just that's what the <laughs> off road guys do. And they do years that with coils and fuel pumps. Years past, I carried in a spare fuel pump. It's just an electric Holly Blue pump you can buy anywhere. And uh, it uh, it um, it just stopped working. All of a sudden, the car died. It was yeah. 95 degrees out. We're on the freeway. We're going from one of the checkpoints to Byron, Illinois. And, uh, and, uh, it just, it just died. And I'm like, here it is. It's 95 degrees out. And I was traveling with Chuck Fryer. Yeah. We were, we were, um, um, you know, buddy system. Yeah. So I'm like, so we all got our phones out and I, I says, all I need is a generic Holly blue right. pump, black pump, pump, uh, red pump, any Beauty of those pump. pumps yeah. would work. They are all identical on the outside wire, the same plumbing's the same, everything's the same. So we get out our phones. We start pounding away. All of a sudden, he says, oh, there's um, a uh, advanced auto parts mm-hmm. in a town 22 miles away. It says on the website, they got one in stock. They got a blue pump or a red pump, whatever. I says, okay, I'm going to call him. Make sure I'm going to make sure this guy looks at this thing in his hands, right? So I call him. You got this? Oh, yeah. right. He walks over. He goes, got it, got it right in my hands. I'm like, okay. I says, don't sell it. I don't even care how much it is. <laughs> we're, we're on our way. So we blast down the freeway in Chuck's car, get the pump, come back. I We're changing the fuel pump out without draining any gas. Right? The gas is pouring everywhere. I'm kneeling in a puddle of gas on the highway with semis blasting past me. Yeah. And I'm like, I keep, I'm like, uh, get the fire extinguisher out. You know, I, I don't want to burn to death on the side of the highway here. And then we'll get a big puddle of gas in our car. Okay, let's roll the car out from underneath this puddle of gas. And, we change the pump out, a little monkeying around with the wiring. We're back on the road. Yeah. And then and the car ran better than it ever had the whole trip, you know, and it was yeah. halfway done. So Well, that's, I mean, and that's what it's about. It's about the camaraderie you build on it, the adventure. It's the adventure. That yeah. That's the key word. You just said it, adventure. Because yeah. there's no money in this. It's a big waste of money. You're yeah. wasting money on fuel, on on hotel rooms, on, it's, but it's so we much do. fun. Car guys do. It's so much fun because you're doing this in a great big pack. Just think of 300 show cars. That's so cool. That are fast, crazy fast. Yeah. All traveling down the same exact route. And when you guys come into a town, it's like you guys are. Oh, it like was a so big deal. okay. So one of the checkpoints was Elizabeth, Illinois. I think it was. Uh huh. Any, all you have to do is take a picture of your car in front of anything in Elizabeth, right? I'm like, well, what could be easier than that, right? So we pull up next to the library, take a picture of car. Well, we had heard either be I don't know if it was before we got into town or after we got into town that one of the local bars was dumping water out in the street. For burnouts. For burnouts. <laughs> so they were doing trailer burnouts down the middle of the street. That's rad. It was just like, oh, we missed all that. I was like, oh, man. No, listen. Hey, I'm sold. No need to go any deeper. I'm sold. Well, see, the first time I did Drag Week, <clears throat> I like 2017, I think it was. Yeah. And I after I, we got done with it, I was so burnt out. I says, we're never, ever, it's ever. A, it's a grind. Oh, it is horrible. It's like the, one of the things you love to hate. You are so done, tired. You're thinking it was so stupid. You haven't eaten or slept in a week, right? And uh, you get all done with it. Okay, that was cool. One and done. 
you know, bucket list, check that off. And uh, all of a sudden, the next one comes up, and the racetracks are close enough to home. And like, should we do it again? Yeah. Uh, the car still runs. Uh, okay, we'll do it. So we did it again. So and you did it 2017? 2017, 20... Uh, 19, before COVID? Yeah, I think 2019, and then we did it last year. Or 21 or 22? 22 this year? Was it this year? It was this year. Yeah, 2022. Well... <clears throat> That's rad, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap it before the next one you go on because we're mm. just gonna kind of get an update so people can watch because they stream it they stream it on YouTube also I think oh they yeah the drag race all so week we'll get some VW people to start commenting for all the all the VWs out there mm-hmm. on that well I have to we had five last year <clears throat> I'm hoping to see double that that would be rad well and now listen. well okay next year I'm doing sick week okay for Which six is, six summer yeah is uh, Tom Bailey's um, and that's in dra- like Florida area no no no. Well, yeah, he does sick week in Florida, but right. he's a Michigan guy, and he has a pizza shop. And Tom Bailey, Google him. He's he won Drag Week. He was the fastest right. car at Drag Week last year. Okay, super cool guy. He does his own Drag and Drive series, but yeah. he does a couple of them a year. And he is his are more laid back, not right. so much about records or this. All of his check checkpoints are more fun. Right, they're more like landmark type things. Right. Well, they're more like a party. <clears throat> Yeah. They'll have a open house at a hot rod shop or something like that and, 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 and all the cars roll in. It's like a party. And he has a better grasp on host hotels and entertainment like like the one in Florida. One of the stops was at, at Big Daddy's museum. Oh wow. I mean, what could be cooler than that? Yeah, Don right? Garland, he's got a split window. Yeah, right. He's a Volkswagen guy. So they had that and um they I mean so so Next year is six summer. It's called. It's going to be the first week in June, and it's just tentative dates. But one of the racetracks is Great Lakes Dragway. That's my home track. Mm-hmm. And I told my my buddy Glenn, my co-driver, I says the only way we're going to do this again is if we can sleep at home one night. Yeah. And to sleep at home one night, we got to race at Great Lakes Dragway. And sure enough, that's one of the tracks. I'm like, there you go. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I I. Um, I encourage Volkswagen guys to, to look into it, get into it. If if one of the tracks is Great Lakes Dragway, I'm going to do it. You're invited to stay at my place. There's room enough for multiple cars. Uh, it would be a blast. So I ran into you down here at the SEMA show. Mm-hmm. What what are you doing here at the SEMA show? I, I mainly come to the SEMA show to promote the book I wrote. So you wrote a book. Yes. What's wrote, this book about? This book is about how to rebuild your air-cooled Volkswagen engine. Now it just covers doesn't cover anything high performance, uh, it's but it could be used to build a high performance motor if you'd never built any motor before because you need to know the all basics. this anyway. Yeah, you know how need how to do this stuff anyways. Sure. And I go through compre- how to calculate compression ratio. So it's step by step for somebody. Oh, it's it's idiot proof. Pictures. Oh, hundreds and hundreds of pictures. Hundreds of pictures. Yeah, I have a friend that's a professional photographer. She took hundreds and hundreds of pictures they turned out amazing yeah Uh, i'm really proud of this book this book um it 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 needed to be done right um the only other book about how to rebuild your your volkswagen motor was written by bill fisher back in 87 and that's the how to hot rod your view no no that's just basic just basic rebuild the yellow cover one is no it's red is it red it's red bill fisher 
yeah, almost everybody has a ish, uh, a copy of it. I've got, as you can see, I've got crap. Yeah, I'm right looking here. around at it. So uh, the book needed to get done, and I didn't like that book anyways. It it was skipped some steps, and it was yeah, little... it was pretty vague in spots. And so I'm, you built, you wrote this book, but using your experience and also seeing what's out there in the market, and really taking it, looking from the standpoint of like, if a guy who knows nothing gets this book, he can rebuild it exactly. It, it tells you what what tools you might need if you don't have them already. Tools you can make, little tips and tricks and stuff I've learned over the years. What to look for, what not to look for. And what, the name of the book is exactly how to rebuild your Volkswagen engine. Yes. Yeah, and it's published by who? CarTech. CarTech with a K. Car no. With a C. CarTech, and it's available. Like you can buy this book on Amazon. Yep. Anywhere. Or anywhere all you gotta is. Um, if you Google my name, okay. Prescott Phillips, or or how to, or just type in a Volkswagen engine book, and you'll be able to find that book. Yeah, my my, it comes up. There's a picture of an engine. Well, that's right. Yeah. We get we get a lot of listeners that really love the technical stuff and love to get into it. And what we may do is, I'll get a copy of this book and we'll do a review on the book. And I may get you back cool. on the phone and we'll do some. Uh, yeah, we we'll do. We'll, we'll do some. If some of my listeners call me, say, "Hey, Bill, he left this out." Or oh, I want to know this. I'd love to know that because that the, the book is in the second pressing. Yeah. And after the first pressing, they go, "Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna make another run of these. Is there any mistakes?" Yeah. And I'm like, the only one I could find, and I didn't find it. Somebody else found it. Yeah. But I had listed in on one page what each engine made, how many CCs it was, and how much horsepower it made. Right. Okay. So a twelve hundred. 40 horse right you know and then 1550 horse and down one right well they had changed um cc's you know okay 1500 or 1192 right cc's yeah to hp's oh wow that's pretty impressive <laughs> so this was a 1200 1200, 1200 horsepower engine right and i'm like i didn't typo so that got fixed in the second round so you'll know right away whether you have a first, first edition, edition or second, or second so edition. so now we have now we've got an easter egg to find the first edition ones i would love to see, I, then i would know that all the <clears throat> first run are gone nice are sold unless you know i have a stash at my house that i nice. sell but um well, yeah that's cool i'm super proud of the book it's like i said it's in second pressing so somebody must be buying well, you've got you've got the history to to validate having it. Well, uh, I I hope I'm a reputable guy. I've after... had people reach out to me and say, "Get you on the podcast <laughs> for sure, for sure." And I think the first guy that did that was uh, was Dave Conklin. Conklin, Conklin's yeah. like you need yeah. to get Prescott Phillips on there. And I, I said, know he's a good. I guy. said I don't have enough class to interview a dude named Prescott. <laughs> Do you know what it takes? Because all I'm envisioning in my head is Thurston Howell the Third. <laughs> From Gilligan's Island. The furthest from the truth. You know, and I'm thinking, this guy's name is Prescott. I didn't even graduate high school. How am I going to talk to a guy named Prescott? But Prescott. Well, see, everybody else in my family has a regular name, you know, <laughs> Pat, Pete, Pat, no, Paula. And they, my mom ran out of P, P names. names. And you got Prescott. I got Prescott. Well, default. Prescott, it's been a pleasure, man. For I sure. appreciate you coming on the podcast. Sure. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll have you I on. I hope it isn't. All right. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, All right, man. It. Well, I hope you guys really dug that podcast because I really enjoyed getting to sit down with Prescott and meeting him, and he's a solid dude, and he built the tranny I just bought. So what do you know? Small world in the VW community. So give a couple shout-outs right now. First one goes to Neil Elliott. It says, if you love air-cooled, I'm a third-generation VW enthusiast. I 
numbered across this podcast. I'm assuming he means he ran across the podcast. It's amazing. Very cool guy doing it. So I appreciate you, Neil, man. Thanks for the five-star review. Also, my man, Red A Speed Shop says, thanks for the grind. I heard all the episodes of Let's Talk Dubs, and I'm on the East Coast. Bill T., George, and enjoy all the cool VW innovations and creations. Awesome. Your Vegas weekend coverage is super dope. Still would like to have bought a T-shirt from this event. Don't worry. We're trying to get you laced up. Just want to say keep talking about your cars and being you. James Red A Speed Shop. So if you guys know, he does the uh, – bug infestation in geneva and it was uh it was a hit this year hopefully next year i'll be able to go check it out but uh they had a ton of cars out there and it seems like it was a raging event but you want a shot on the podcast purchase some merch give us a five-star review i almost forgot this one still the best vw podcast been fallen from the beginning but only just thought about reviewing but this is still the best vw podcast out there good hearing all the stories from years ago and also all the new and up-to-date information. Keep up the good work. Thanks for making my days go quicker. Robert63Dubber. So we appreciate you. And Robert's out of the UK. Hello, governor. Yeah, I know you guys love it when I do that. <laughs> my boy Finchy loves it. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. I love the support. I love doing uh, the podcast and bringing it to you guys. And I'm going to have to check to see if there were any other podcast from the uk that i didn't miss because i found this one on an alternate uh podcast review source and uh appreciate i appreciate all the support from all the listeners man i do it because i love it and it's uh it's just what i do so appreciate the support guys check us out let's talk dubs.com don't forget shut your dash hole and go to ross wolf and pick up if you got a split window bus pick up the dash hole cover kit it looks legit. Save you time. No welding. Prime it, paint it, get it in, and you're good to go, baby. So don't forget, Bill T told you, shut your dash hole on your bus. <laughs> oh, where do I come up with it, man? Gold, and you guys are the recipients of this gold. They're not all gold. There's a lot of ore in this mine, but we're going to get some nuggets every now and again. At any rate, guys, update next week. We're going to do a SEMA, hopefully do a uh, SEMA roundtable, go over everything we saw at SEMA and the whole experience I'm looking forward to it, guys. Much love. Have a great weekend. And until next week, later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen.